you know, we are aware that mental health issue is on the increase right, in 2021. But I have good news for you because, oops, okay, we have good news for you because there is a vaccine that can reduce mental health problems in Singapore and all over the world. In fact, there's a vaccine that can improve your well-being. And the better news is this, this vaccine is free, no side effect, and no need booster. What is the name of this vaccine? Purpose. Research has shown us that having a purpose improves the quality of life. This is a research done by the University of California at San Diego. It suggests that if you feel that you have a purpose in life, you're more likely to feel both physically and mentally well on a daily basis. Now, this research is affirmed even in Singapore uh, research. This was published just uh, early this month. A study on the happiness of Singapore residents have found that having a strong purpose in life and perseverance to the, towards the long-term goals and ample social support correlate to happier lives. Right? It shows us that when you have a strong purpose and you persevere towards it and you're supported by your cell group, by the body life, you are likely to have happier lives. These are the benefits of having a purpose in life. It improves your health. It also gives you happiness. Now, if earthly purpose can give us temporal blessing like this, how much more godly purpose? I'd like to suggest to us that godly purpose will help us to have both the earthly blessing as well as eternal benefits. And to help us to do that, let's pray and ask God to unpack this for all of us today. So Lord, we commit this time to you. We pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Come and silence the voice of the world, silence the voice of the evil one, and help us to hear the clear voice of God to us. Help us to know your will, your purpose for our lives. As we commit this time to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now today we have come to the end of a sermon series. This sermon series we call it Common Questions that we must have handles to. And so because it is about handles, I'd like to do a quick recap for all of us to ensure that we remember some of these handles. We started off with this uh, question, where are you God? What to do when God is silent? Pastor Darren reminded us that we need to seek His wisdom, we need to confide in Him, and His people, and then to believe in the goodness of God. So when we don't see the hand of God, we must learn to trust His heart. Then, Pastor Jeffrey came to share with us, is the Bible true? How can you know that the Bible is true? And he shared with us that the Bible is true to him because the Word of God inspired him. The Word of God clarifies his understanding of God and circumstances. And finally, the Word of God trains us to be more like Christ. Remember the 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, format, all right? That we need to, the Word of God teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us. Then Pastor Edric came along and teach us about how can we discern truth from error, all right? How do, how do you know that this person are false prophets or false teachers? He shared with us that by what they profess, by what they pursue, and by what they produce. And we need to know the truth in order for us to distinguish the falsehood. 
Last week, Pastor Joaquin came and shared with us about the goodness of God. He reminded us that the goodness of God, the goodness of God is His character. And then we can see the goodness of God in His action. And, and, but then suffering and pain can distract us from the goodness of God. And then finally, Jesus is the ultimate expression of the goodness of God to all of us. And therefore we can say, God is good, and all the time, amen, you paid attention. And today we come to this topic, what is my purpose? Alright, so this will be the outline for us today. I'll share with you what is the purpose of God for us, how can we develop the purpose, and finally, why do we need to have this purpose? So let me start by asking you two questions. First one, what is the purpose of a kettle? Boil water, very good. Some of you may say potato chips. Okay, okay, slow. Okay, never mind. What's the purpose of a rice cooker? Cook rice, right? So how do you know the purpose of a kettle and the purpose of a cooker? Right, because of the shape. <laughs> Perhaps because of the description given to us by the designer, by the maker, by the creator. Right? What's the purpose of human beings? What's the purpose of human lives? Similar to the kettle and the cooker, Right, we need to know our purpose from the Creator Himself and not from within ourselves. Pastor Rick Warren, the author of the bestseller, the book, Purpose Driven Life, said this very well. He said this, The search for the purpose of life has puzzled people for thousands of years. That's because we typically begin at the wrong starting point, ourselves. When we start with ourselves, we cannot really discover the purpose of your life. He said, he go on to say this to us. We ask self-centered questions like, what do I want to be? What should I do in my life? What are my goals, my ambitions, my dreams for my future? But focusing on ourselves will never reveal our life's purpose. You see, the created cannot know its purpose. Therefore, for the rest of this time, I will show you from Scripture God's purpose for our lives. What is the purpose of my life? Let me start by sharing with you what is not the purpose of your life. Matthew 16, 26 tells us this, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus started by telling us what is not the purpose of our life. The, pur the purpose of our life is never got to do with the material things of the world. You can have power, you can have fame, you can have popularity, and you can still feel empty inside. All these celebrities died by committing suicide. All the worldly gains they had could not satisfy the purpose within their soul. Because they were never meant to be. The purpose of our life must be defined by God. And therefore, Romans 8.29 gives us the clue. Romans 8.29 tells us this, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. 
The purpose of God for our lives is that we may conform to the image of His Son. In other words, the purpose of God for our life is that we become more and more like Jesus. The purpose of God for our life is that we will become more and more like Christ. This purpose, this intent of God is repeated many times in the Bible. So just to, to show you, I'm going to quote another verse just to re-emphasize this. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Paul emphasized this to the Corinthians. He called the Corinthians to imitate him as he imitated Christ. Why? So that he and the Corinthians will reflect Christ. That's the purpose of God for our lives, that we will reflect Christ on earth. The primary purpose of our life is to become, to be more Christ-like. There are at least 43 scripture references to emphasize this, this call to be Christ-like. But it does not stop here. We are also called to do good works. 2 Timothy 3.16 that was quoted in the previous sermon. Now, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. We are called, we are equipped for good work. Now what, what does the good work mean? What's this good work all about? So we need to scripture to verify scripture, right? So let me show you a verse that explains that for us. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Good works in the Bible always refer to works that will glorify God. Amen? And so when God calls us to do good works, He's always calling us to do things that will glorify Him. Now, it doesn't have to be something very complicated. It can include very simple actions, all right, such as sending food to those families who are going through uh, home recovery. It can include just writing a, a note to encourage a cell member. All right? So it can be a very simple thing that you value, add to someone's life, cause someone to recognize that God is good. And so this is the purpose of our lives, to be Christ-like and to do good works. God's purpose for our lives includes the being and the doing. Our being must be reflected in our doing, and our doing must flow out of our being. These two complete the purpose statement for our life. But the question some of you may have is that, how do you develop this purpose? That leads me to my second point. Right? How to develop the purpose? How to develop Christ-likeness? How, how to develop this thing about doing good works? 2 Corinthians 3, 18 tells us, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So if, in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it gives us an activity. How can you become more and more like Jesus? How can you become more and more Christ-like? What is the verb for us? 
beholding. Meaning that we need to behold, we need to look at, we need to observe, we need to study. Study what? The glory of God. And the glory of God can also be defined as the goodness of God. So basically what, what Paul is telling us is that we just need to look at God. We just need to focus on the goodness of God and we will be transformed from glory to glory. But the question for many of us is this. We, we know the, the scripture. The question is, are we applying the scripture? Because for some of us, the question you and I have is that, what do we see most of the time? Some of us are like this cat. We tend to look at the ugly side of life. We tend to look at the disappointment with people, the disappointment with God, the unhappy events of life. Now, what happens when you stare at these things? You become unhappy. Alright? You become unhappy and you become and, and you get stuck. And you cannot grow. And you certainly cannot become Christ-like by looking at all the negative things in life. We need to change the picture. We need to constantly look at the Lion of Judah. We need to look at God. We need to look at the glory of God, the goodness of God, so that as we look at God, then we become more and more like Jesus. We need to press on to look at God. We need to press on at looking at the goodness of God, especially when life is tough. When the storm hits us, all the more we must look at our Saviour so that we will not be shaped by the storm, but we will be shaped by our Saviour. So the first thing is how, how to be Christ-like. First thing is that we need to spend time with God. We need to spend time beholding the glory of God. And in BBTC, we taught you the three things, all right? We, the word intake, your word life. We talk about your prayer connect, your prayer life. We talk about your altar of thanksgiving, praise and worship. Your time in, in thanksgiving, in worshipping the Lord. All these activities facilitate us to behold the goodness of God. So we need to make time with God. How can we become more Christ-like? First, we need to make time with God. Second, we need to make time with godly mentors. First Corinthians 11.1 1, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. We, we are the average of the five persons we spend the most time with. So therefore, it's very important for us to spend time with godly men and godly women. Imitate them, copy them, emulate them, remember their teaching, remember their posture, remember their perspective, remember their patterns of life that reflect Christ to you. Because as you look at them, as you look, examine their lives, and you try to imitate their lives, you, over time, you will reflect them as they reflect Christ. There's someone who has taught us a lot and we have learned a lot from this man. And I like to quote some of his favourite statements. I see whether you can recognise the mouth that said these words. Every Jacob has a Laban. Pay to serve. If God can use a donkey, God can use anyone. Whose mouth said that? Our senior pastor, of course, right? So I text the staff, I say, can you all quote me some of the things that you're learning from senior pastor? 
As one of the staff wrote back to me, he says that he, he's so inspired uh, with our senior pastor because senior pastor, he has observed senior pastor's life that he paid to serve. And therefore, this staff makes sure that he does likewise. Another staff uh, wrote back to me, they say that he will not let success of the ministry to get into his head because if God can use a donkey, God can use anyone. They remember senior pastor's teaching. They leave out what they have learned. Just to make sure that the mouth is the same mouth. <laughs> Liu 6.40 tells us this, a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. That reminds us about the importance of teachers among us, the importance of mentors among us. Godly mentors influence us with their perspective of life, their perspective of values, their perspective of God. And when we are fully trained by them, we'll be like them as they imitate Christ. And the, the, the result on us is that we will also reflect Christ. How can we be Christ-like? Time with God, time with godly mentors. I'd like you to take some time to reflect. Who are you imitating? How are they reflecting God to you? You see, the truth is that we are always imitating somebody, consciously or unconsciously. And therefore, today I want to encourage us to be intentional, to imitate someone who reflects Christ to you. So that as you imitate Him, your life will also reflect Christ. How to be Christ-like? Spend time with God. Spend time with godly mentors. And the second part, how to do good works. Now, good works, as I defined earlier, is about anything that value add to others that result in glory to God. Alright? It, it can include very simple things about texting somebody, sending someone an encouragement, praying for somebody. But right now, I want to highlight something special, and that's your missional calling. Right? Something that only you can do to glorify God. We're talking about your kingdom assignment. We're talking about something that's specific to your calling, your gifting, your strength, your portion. Right? It, it, it does include your responsibilities, your roles as well, where you can tie into your gifting and your strength as you exercise your role and responsibility. Now, how can you know your missional calling? In BBTC, we have three programs that will help you. All right, the Significant Woman, the Man of Impact, and the Maturing Disciple Track. All right, these are three programs that will help you to discover your missional calling. Now, it will be too ambitious for me to try to teach you over a sermon. Right? It takes time to help you to discern and to discover this. So I want to encourage you, sign up for these causes in 2022. But I want to highlight something, I want to emphasize something to all of us. And that is, every one of us, we have a unique work only you can do. I can do your part, and you can do mine. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 highlights this for us. But now God has placed the members, which one, each one of them, in the body, just as He desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many bodies, but many members, but one body. So what Paul is saying is this, 
that there are, there, are, there are many of us, there are, there are many individuals here, but we, we are not the same. Can you imagine all of us is the nose? Can you imagine all of us are the ears? Then there's not a complete body. In order for the body to be complete, some of us will be the eyes, some of us will be the nose, some of us will be the ears, some of us will be the mouth. So that together we form the full body of Christ. That's what these verses meant to tell us. We have specific roles within the body of Christ. So allow me to show you some specific examples from Scripture. In the book of Acts, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the sons of Israel. For I show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Question, are all the apostles called to the Gentiles? No, right? Who, who is called to the Gentiles? The apostle? Paul, right? In this case, it was referring to Paul. Paul is called to the Gentiles. Then in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you, before you were born, I consecrated you. I've appointed you a prophet to the nations. Question, is every one of us called to the nations? If every one of us is called to the nations, you shouldn't be here. All right? Now, particularly to this verse in Jeremiah 1, who is called to the nations? The book is called Jeremiah. So who is called to the nations? <laughs> Jeremiah. All right? My point to us is that every one of us have a specific calling. Only you can fulfill. We can't do that for you. Now, I want you to know this. This is not just referring to those of us who are younger or those of us who are older. It includes all of us here, regardless of age. In fact, if I can say something to the young people who are, who are listening to this, it is important for you to discover your calling early in life. There are many young people have what you call the quarter-life burnout. Have you heard of this thing? The quarter-life burnout? Right, because they, they, are, they don't know what they are called to do, they are, they are restless, they don't know why they are doing what they are doing. Why? Because they have no sense of the purpose in life. So the young people, it's good for you to discover what's God's purpose for your life. And the same I want to say to some of us who are not so young. Some of us feel like, I, I'm, my time is up, I'm just waiting for the day of glory to come. You know, Caleb stepped into his destiny. Caleb stepped into the purpose of God for his life at what age? 85. So we are never too young, we are never too old to pursue the purpose of God for our life. Can I hear amen? Alright? Because there's something unique only you can do. So I want to encourage us, uh, there are the significant women, there are men on impact, there are maturing disciple track that you can sign up. That will be in 2022. But meanwhile, you can pray, you can ask your mentors in your life to pray with you to discover what's God's call, what's God's gifting in your life so that you can discern as you go into 2022. Now, right now, I want to share with you a testimony from a sister who wrote about her experience from the significant woman. She said this, through the TSW, I began the journey of having the heart knowledge of what God has created me to be. To intentionally move on to be the woman that God has created me to be and to live the life that reflects God's purpose 
and mission. It was an enjoyable TSW journey using the tools to discover my personal mission. Before TSW, I never thought I would be able to craft my personal mission statement. I thank God for enabling and confirming His plan and purpose for me. I begin to see myself living the life that reflects God's mission for me. My job allows me to care for and build up teachers. And I like them to, in turn, love the children and help the children to know God and pray, for, and pray to God. My heart overflows with gratitude to God for the privilege of pursuing my passion. Looking back, I'm grateful for the prompting of the Holy Spirit to sign up for TSW. God indeed works in a way beyond what we can imagine. To God be the glory. Our dear sister found her missional calling. And I believe that many of you here can find your missional calling. Now, even as we know our purpose in life, the purpose of God in our life includes our roles as well as our responsibilities. Now, in the TSW and MOI, they come up with this framework called the seven Bs. Right? The be your belief, your body, beloved, your best friends, your budget, your business, be renewed. Right? The definition of them is on the left column. Now, I want to highlight that for us because our purpose, which includes our roles and responsibilities, right, need, to fulfill, need to make sure that these seven areas are not neglected. What does that mean? That means that your purpose must be based on biblical belief. Your purpose cannot compromise your health. Your purpose cannot neglect your loved ones. Your purpose may include consulting and involving your best friend. Your purpose must not ignore the budget or the resources you have. Your purpose must consider the need of the family. Your purpose must not ignore the need for self-renewal. Just to illustrate, 1 Timothy 5, 8 tells us this, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for his household, he has denied the faith and is, not, and is worse than an unbeliever. So this is just an example to show you that Scripture expects us to care for our family, to fulfill our role and responsibility, even when we go about doing the kingdom assignment. And we cannot use the kingdom assignment, the missional purpose, to neglect our family. So it's good to ensure that we are purposeful without compromising the areas of our lives. So what is the purpose of our life? To be Christ-like and to do good works. So how to be Christ-like? Time with God, time with godly mentors. How to do good works? Right? Now, good works include many things, but today I just want to highlight there's a need for you to know your missional calling. Now, why do we need this? Why do we need to have this purpose? You see, beyond the health, beyond the happiness reasons, why do we need to bother about God's purpose for our life? Why do we need to bother to be Christ-like and to do good works? Because it is for the glory of God. I shared this verse earlier, so that the people will see your good works and glorify our Father. Ultimately, the purpose of our life is to glorify God by being Christ-like and by doing good works. It is never about ourselves. It is always about God and God's glory. This topic, the glory of God, can be a sermon series by itself. 
Therefore, it is important for me not to end this sermon just with the what. I must end this sermon with the why for the purpose of God. Because it is for the glory of God. Everything we do, everything that we are, must bring glory to God. That's why Paul said this, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the very quiet. Do all for the glory of God. Paul reminded us that this is our obligation. This is our responsibility to bring glory to God. Not only that, I want you to know that this is also the reason why God created us. The scripture that you meditated earlier, everyone who is called by my name, and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and even whom I have made. The very reason why God created you is for the glory of God. In fact, this is the very reason for all of creation. Every animal, every plant, every living thing, they are all created for the glory of God. And God is inviting us to participate in this great adventure of bringing glory to Him. This is the ultimate purpose of creation. This is the reason of existence. This is the very grand design of the universe to bring glory to God. And God is inviting all of us to be part of something bigger than ourselves, something longer than your life, something grander than all creation. You see, the greatest pleasure, the greatest purpose of being human being is to join God in this eternal purpose of bringing glory to God. Let me repeat that for all of us. The greatest pleasure, the greatest purpose of being a human being is to join God in, bring in His eternal purpose of bringing glory to God. That's why Paul said this. Paul said in Philippians 1.20, According to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but with all boldness, Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Right? The word be exalted means be glorified. Right? The glory of God transcends life and death. The very things that that brings the greatest pleasure for all of us is the glory of God. Do you know when will be the happiest day of your life? I want to submit to us that the happiest day of your life is not your birthday. The happiest day of your life will not be Christmas. The happiest day of your life will be the day where you see Jesus face to face in His glory. Why? Because that's what we are created for. That's what the soul needs. That's what fills the whole within us. The glory of God. The presence of God. The glory of God transcends this life. Even if we don't see the outcome of our labor on earth, we will see in heaven the glory of God. I want to end this sermon by sharing with us a life well lived. A life that lived purposefully.
for the glory of God. I want to share about a sister among us. She was a mother, she was a wife, and she lived a purposeful life for the glory of God. I'm talking about Jessica Chen. I've asked the family for permission to share about her life, about the, her life that is well-lived among us. I knew Jessica way back in 1995, where she was interning in my office. At that time, we could tell that she was someone who took God seriously. We reconnected when we came to BBTC in 2011. And in late 2019, we came to know that she was in the late stage of cancer. She was immobilized from her waist down. This started her two-year-long journey of battling with cancer before she eventually succumbed on 29 September 2021, just one month ago. In these two years, I came to know her better through my wife who visited her regularly for prayer fellowship. My wife would then come back and update me about Jessica's faith, Jessica's condition, and about how the group was inspired by her life and her faith. So allow me to just read a portion of the eulogy written by Ching Xiang, her husband. This is written by Ching Xiang. And she, he wrote this. Many of you know Jessica as someone who loved God dearly and had cultivated a deep sense of intimacy with Him through her daily walk. She was a very disciplined and intentional believer, always seeking to know God and to follow His will. Can you hear that? She is someone that is very purposeful. She's determined to fulfill God's purpose for her life, to be Christ-like and to do God's will. Jin Xiang sent me many eulogies for me to read. And when I read through all the eulogies, I can sense that her missional calling is to draw out the best in others. Some of you know that I'm a Gallup coach. She has the Gallup uh, talent team of a maximizer, someone that delights in bringing the best of others. Jin Xiang continued to say, at the same time, she was compassionate and kind and had this sweet spirit of gentleness within her that's evident to all. So we can see the Christ-likeness in her. She was also a very wise person in her dealing, showing good counsel and a sense of maturity beyond her age. She also applied this good counsel to her family. Right? In, some of, in the testimony I read, right, she focused in helping her children to discover and to develop their potentials. She didn't neglect her roles and her responsibilities as a mother. Over the years, she has selflessly poured herself out and taken every opportunity to deposit into the lives of others. There are many lives that have been impacted by Jessica's life. The ITE students, the young adult ladies in our church, the cell members in, in her cell group, and the Japanese community that's outside of BPTC. Many of them came for her memorial service. This period, Ching uh, Xiang continued to write, this period has been immensely challenging for all of us, particularly for my wife who has been in and out of hospital for 10 times in two years. She went through procedure after procedure, injection after injection. Not many would have been able to bear with this, but she did so without a complaint. In fact, friends who visited were surprised that she looked 
healthy and radiant. But they did not realize that she was bearing with the severe pain caused by the tumors that spread all over her body. Through it all, she had remained positive and kept her faith in God. She did that. She was able to go through that because she was focusing on the goodness of God rather than the pain of her body. Now, how do I know? Xinjiang sent me a song that Jessica had wrote for herself. These are the words of Jessica when she penned her own song as she battled through the pain. This is what she wrote. God, you are my hope in my hopelessness, my help in my helplessness, the strength in my weakness, the light in my deep darkness. You are the one who fills my emptiness. Draw me close despite my faithlessness. You found me in my lostness and fill me with your fullness. Can you see that she was focusing on the goodness of God and not on the pain of her body? Unwavering till the end. This is best exemplified by the verse in Romans chapter 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. We can see Christ-likeness in her despite her pain. She has finished her missional calling even though she has passed on, just to listen to the many lives that have testified how she has impacted her, uh, impacted them, you can see that she has made a difference in their lives. She will live to see the glory of God. Sister Jessica has lived out her life purpose. She left behind a beautiful legacy of a life given fully to God for His glory. Reminded me of a very popular verse, 2 Timothy 4, 7. I fought the good fight. She had fought the good fight. Not just over cancer, but for her life purpose. I finished the course. She has finished her life purpose on earth. She has kept the faith. She has never given up in believing in the goodness of God. A life well lived. Her person becoming like Jesus and her purpose in influencing others for the glory of God. The question for us is, what about us? What about you? What about me? You see, like most of us here, Jessica was a woman, a, a wife, a mother who attended service here, who served in our BCS, who led cell group, who mentored younger ladies. She lived and led a purposeful life for His glory. So can you fulfill God's purpose for your life. No comparison. Every one of us just need to run our own race. Today we can decide to live a purposeful life for His glory. Today we can imitate Jessica and the rest that have gone before us. Today we can start our own journey of becoming more like Jesus and doing the good works that God has called us.